0: I'm Tal Minear, executive producer of Regarding Dracula. I'm here today to tell you about another audio drama I think you'd like. The Land Whale Murders is an alternate history satire about birders, murders, and confectionery capers. This show is inspired by real events and people, but with the silliness and absurdity cranked up to 11, making for a surreal and amusing audio experience. I love how funny and weird The Land Whale Murders is. You have no idea where it's going to go, or who's going to show up, and that makes for a really enjoyable listen. You can find and listen to The Land Whale Murders at www.landwhalepod.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Keep listening to hear the first episode of Season 2, which starts a new arc of the show.
1: been a few years since the whale exploded near Castle Clinton. Eugene and Angus's new private detective business was a middling success. They called it Elemental Investigators. But tonight, they were not detecting. Rather, this night, they were guests at the inaugural ball of the new New York governor, Theodore Roosevelt. This is a
2: top-shelf soiree. Diplomats and dignitaries from the city, state, and even the wider world. Look
3: at these hobnobbers, hopping knobs all over the place. Who's that fella? I'm Duke Rock von Vindelund. <laughs> Good to meet you. Yipes. You can hear us? Well, I'm standing right here. But I'd put my hand to the side of my mouth in a most discreet manner.
4: And yet you're actually very loud.
2: He suffered ear damage during the war.
4: Ah, war, where boys become men and men become graves. A truer test of one's mettle doesn't exist. Do
2: tell. Which war did you fight what
4: <laughs> me no 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 I'm I'm royalty uh, huh. uh, though I am an official ambassador of our color color
2: well,
4: that's why I'm here most of these royals and Rutters are here for the great exhibition we all have national pavilions at the fair of past and future it's got to be quite the event since we were already in town we were obligated to come you see. At gunpoint. That's right. I have the local militia threaten them. I wanted a big party for my inauguration. Buddy, hey, good to see you, Eugene and Andrew. Governor
2: Roosevelt.
4: How is the private detective racket?
2: We think of ourselves more as personal assistants to those in need. Detective implies a certain level of skills that would be unfair to apply to Eugene.
3: Mostly we pester and bug people. We bug them so hard, we're a couple of buggers. Stop. We practice buggery so much. Please stop. Bugger them all. We could be a real pain in the rear. Well, I think that's great. I'm a fan of buggery. What? Don't be such Americans about it. Have one of our cards, in case you need some bugging. It's oddly moist. Ah, yeah... Big pours.
2: Anyway, Governor Roosevelt, do you think the big stick will be here? His
1: endorsement really sealed your victory.
4: Uh, he's busy doing, uh, something unrelated.
1: Mm. Of course, as we all remember, Governor Roosevelt was secretly New York City's first costumed crime fighter the big stick.
4: But it wasn't just his endorsement. My heroics during the Spanish-American War are legendary. Eugene knows he was there. I was.
1: Eugene then recalled the charge up San Juan Hill.
3: Help! I'm stuck in an anthill. Oh, oh, right on! The ants, they're biting. (laughs) So much biting. (laughs) so many memories. (laughs) I still have the welts from the bites. After that, they put me on a ship and had me sail to the South Pacific because of my, quote, gross ineptitude. You captured that island? A month after the war was over. Oh,
4: details.
3: That was great. Best three months of my life. I wouldn't have even served if it wasn't for that mummy.
1: Eugene then recalled The Mummy from the end of Volume 1. The mummy! Yipes.
3: Going
2: to kill
1: us. I think he wants to hire us. In fact, he did. There were several people having illegal mummy parties where they'd buy a mummy from Egypt, unwrap it as a joke, and then grind up the mummy into powder and. Snorted. it. That's what happened to this mummy's friend, and so he hired Angus and Eugene to bring the culprits to justice. They did, and this brought them the esteem of the mummy community, and other mummies sought them out, including a mummy that was part of the collection of the Havana Museum of History. That
3: mummy was radicalized by Jose Marti and wanted me to go to Cuba and help free them from the yoke of Spanish rule.
2: Yeah. And he didn't want me to go
3: because he was a misogynist. People are complex. Anyway, I realized when I got there, I had no idea what to do. And I was broke because they have different money there. So I picked up odd jobs fixing this and that. But I wasn't very adept at fixing. For example, when they hired me to fix the boiler on the main. And then the war started, and the mummy was exploded by accident. Again, my fault. And then we won the war.
1: And that is the end of that regarding the mummy. Also, their secretary quit and joined a group of professional calf ropers. That about ties up all that. (laughs) Rope. Ties up.
4: (sighs) Still got it. Anyway... My duke, you are looking dapper. Excited to see your pavilion at the Fair of Past and Future. Yes, I've brought my country's greatest treasure, the... Oi! This dress is
5: pulling my kishkas in every direction.
4: She knows. Former Officer Doubles, you've made it.
5: (laughs) Oh, thanks for the invite. Well,
4: you did help the big stick defeat the enigmatist and his deadly riddles. Oh,
5: well, it wasn't that hard, because the answer was...
3: Seven. That was quite an adventure. What are you doing? I thought I'd leave a pause for someone to remember it.
5: Huh. How about that? Anyway, this is quite the senoifcum. Half of the state senators are here and five-eighths of the state assemblymen. I think
3: that's Assemblyman Grooms over there. Oh, uh, that's former assemblyman. Upon election, he was given so much graft, he immediately
4: retired. It's the goal of many politicians to get enough ill-gotten gains to retire before doing anything.
5: Oh, well, he represents my district. Well, who's going to replace him? Oh,
4: either a corrupt Tammany Democrat or some hard-money Republican. Or me. You. Why not me? Can she even do that? You women cannot vote.
3: There's nothing in this rulebook that says a horse can't play faro. Or whatever we were talking about.
2: I, for one, think Scheindel should run.
3: It's legal, because the idea never occurred to the founders
4: since it was so absurd. But... These are absurd times, and you are just the absurd woman to do this absurd job, former Officer Doubles. So, you'd vote for me? Heavens no, but best of luck. Now, more mingling. Ah, Senator Tropson. How's that going to I
5: can do it! I'll be a trailblazer for my people, like the first Jewish congressman Louis Levin. Uh, I've not heard of him. He was a staunch anti-Catholic nativist who had a mental break while on a train and later died in a hospital for the insane in Philadelphia. Oh.
2: Yeah. Huh, not a glowing, uh endorsement.
5: Yeah, he was bad, but he was the first, which is good because less pressure on me. I can't be worse than him. Also, fun fact, he met his second wife while they were both shopping for tombstones for the first spouses. Can you believe
3: it? Uh, I guess that's fun.
5: I'm off to start my campaign after a few laps around the buffet table. Dig
3: What a pistol. And that dress? Wish I could pull off an outfit like that. How do
5: you mean pull off? Uh,
2: Actually, don't tell me. I don't want to know. But we should also mix. We might find some clients. Our caseload is a bit soft. Did you say soft?
6: I have just the soft drink to help. My nerve tonic. Nerve tonic, you say? Asa Candler from Atlanta, Georgia. The Lost City? The what now?
2: Don't mind him.
6: I bought the recipe from a pharmacist and let me tell you, it's great. Really? No, not at all. I'm going broke, stuffing it full of colanuts nuts and cocaine. You want to buy it? I'm selling it cheap. A bottle? The whole company, please. Please. No, you're very clingy. And that's coming from me. I was hoping having a booth at this fair of past and future would get my tonic out there, but with food bigwigs like Man Valentine and his meat juice, and Flavius Flavors and his assorted candies, I'm probably doomed. I wish they'd finished building that skyscraper so I can jump off it. You can jump off the Brooklyn Bridge. Brooklyn? No, thank you. If you rubes aren't sap enough to buy my tonic, I'll keep going. Hey, you! Your nerves look jangled. Please, please, don't turn away. Darn, no wonder we lost the wall.
3: He seems nice. Does he? I said seems, so... Leaving the door open, like a good bugger. Like a good bugger. Uh
1: Uh-huh. Let's commingle. And so they did. Eugene took some cheese cubes home in his shirt pocket which he called his cheese pocket. The next day, Eugene and Angus met up with a client in their offices.
2: Madam Trump, you are the premier impresaria of the Crockendale Theatre, where you perform an act in which your trained alligators dance across the stage to a live fiddle player. These Saurians, though, recently had their legs broken by a culprit of unknown origin, so you came to us. To solve this little mystery. I know this already. Why are you summarizing
3: my own story to me? Because we bill by the hour. That.
2: And I was doing a bit of dramatic build-up. We caught the culprit. And he's down at the station house. (gasps) Who broke my dear reptile's extremities? That was actually a fellow performer in your venue. The armless dancer, Ho-Ho Higgins. He was afraid your gavotting gators would muscle in on his earnings, so he got them in a knee lock and cracked their legs.
3: But he's been arrested. Case closed. What case? Your case. This is a purse. The case of the dancing alligator leg breaker. A case is what we in the biz call your problem. Why
5: not just call it a problem?
3: Huh, yeah, good question. Wait, why not? Why not? The case of... The case of... The case of why it's called a case... And just... Question. Why don't we just call it a problem? Because
2: if people didn't have special linguistics and argots for their fields, it would make it obvious we all don't know anything. And then society would cease to function.
3: A case of the case closed, closed.
2: Now, Madame Champ, our fee. As your advert said, you take all manner of payment. So, here are some fresh gator skins. Oh, careful. They're still a bit bloody. Ooh,
3: that's too fresh.
5: Yeah, you you may want to wipe that.
2: Um, when we said all payments, we can't <gasps> hear you. leaving now, ta. Right. Uh, yeah. We need to change that ad.
3: I shouldn't have pre-bought twelve years' worth and told the paper absolutely no changes.
2: Our rent is due, and these gross skins won't cut it.
3: You're right. Job well done. Let's celebrate.
2: No, Eugene. I'm saying we're in can desperate hear need of. can you. Leaving now, ta.
1: Why does that? always work. Why, indeed. But why is a crooked letter that can never be straightened. Not far from there, Eugene and Angus encountered an odd sight. A long line of people.
3: This is an odd sight? Excuse me, sir. What are you online for? Eh, shut up. I'll talk to you. I'm very lonely waiting in this line all by myself.
2: Nah, we'll stick with the unfriendly fellow.
3: Shucks. Listen, pal, don't give us the bum's lip. Spill the sauce on this line.
2: I ain't telling you nothing. I see. A real thug's worth. Oh, guys, it's really not a big deal. You see... Quiet, you! But you, first guy, you got one last chance before we put the hams to you. What is this line
3: about? Okay, okay, I'll talk. I'll talk. We're online for a new kind of fried potatoes. Potatoes? This line is blocks long. Ain't no ordinary spuds. These are Frenched and fried. French fried potatoes, and they're good? Oily, greasy, salty, they're the best! Well, I think. Never had the chance to taste them. I've been online for four hours, but I read in Popular Things magazine that they are a must-try. They got six dynamite sticks. Six? But they only go up to five dynamite sticks. Exactly. We must try these fries.
2: Why wait in line for food? There are plenty of restaurants with no wait. If
3: you want to miss out on the greatest thing, that's on you, toots. I'm on the line. Here I am. Hey, 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 hey. No cuts, no backseats. You know the rules. I don't have time for this. I have a
2: meeting at my women's entrepreneur group. It's for women who run businesses. The two of us are meeting shortly. I'll
3: stay here. This is important. I must try these potatoes. I don't know why, but I want this more than anything.
2: Meet back at the office later?
1: Hey,
3: I'll see you there. Not you. Eugene.
2: Me, Gene? Yes, Gene.
1: With that, Anne just headed to her meeting. And Eugene stood and waited. And waited. And waited. <sighs> the line barely moved. But Eugene wasn't the only one waiting. At the ladies' political offices, Shandle was trying to get the proper forms to run for state office.
5: Excuse me, is anyone at this window? I've been waiting for a very no, long... No,
7: but have this free ribbon. I don't want a ribbon. You can tie it into a bow. No. Oh, You'd be much prettier if you smile. Excuse me? More flies with honey, honey. Isn't
5: this a government office? Aren't you supposed to help? Uh,
7: you're uh, funny. This is the government office for ladies. Here you can talk about temperance, discuss war memorials ladies do. And we have nice furniture and plenty of mirrors.
5: I a for one to run the state assembly. Why don't you give me that?
7: Look, women don't have rights. And if you can't vote, why should we listen to you if you can't help us?
5: Because you're the government of the people. Have
7: a ribbon. I already bowed it for you.
5: <clears throat> I'm taking this bow. Not because Want it, but because I am angry and want to take something. Oh, this anti-woman vices voice is getting old, real old. And look, this bow matches my eyes, and I feel very pretty. But that doesn't make it so you can treat me as such.
1: Shandell stormed back to the waiting area and collapsed onto a fainting couch.
5: Ay, this isn't even a comfortable chair. I
1: know, such a
8: stupid
1: invention.
5: What?
8: Who? Oh,
1: I startled a native. Don't mind me. Are you staring at me? Indeed, she was. This was Kame, a member of the Japanese delegation. She was a hard-line to nationalist who viewed it as her personal mission to educate and civilize those she considered lesser, which was anyone who wasn't her. She wore specially made Western research clothes to keep her safe from the dirty, uncivilized world around her. I haven't been able to find out exactly what they entailed, but they did include a stick for, quote, poking. At the moment, She was very excited to witness Shandel attempting to navigate the perils of bureaucracy. Kame sidled up next to her and smiled, trying to appear friendly to this strange native.
8: You are confused. I am Kame, envoy of the restored emperor, also a researcher of primitive cultures. I was offered a chance to present at your fair of present and future. I am from the land of Japan. It's across the ocean. Did you get that? Ocean, big WATER. <laughs> I know what an ocean is. Of course, you are very smart. Yes, you are. But really, my goal is to write a self-improvement book to improve my people by telling them about your terrible habit. I enjoy telling people what they are doing wrong. You would look much Enough! Pre- and also, stop poking me with that stick! It hurts! Oh, I don't mean any dishonor. Look at you all. You are barbarians. You wear shoes indoors. You eat with small farm implements. Who came up with that? It's just... it's... Uh, fa- fascinating! I hope I didn't spook you so that you run off and hide in your cave.
5: I don't live in a cave. Though, caves have high ceilings in my
8: tenement room. Yes. And- Tell me about your silly little world. It's just so, 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 so
5: stupid. No. Hey, look at this city. This is a modern city. Yes,
8: it is. But... That's probably because years ago some ancient Japanese people came and built all this and then died and you all just moved in.
5: Our history is filled with-
8: I'm sure you have all sorts of myths and legends about how great your old tribal leaders were. So funny.
5: We opened Japan to the West. We forced you to sign terrible treaties and exploited you. See? Oh, wait. That's not good. We
8: only signed those treaties to help you. Because you needed so much help.
5: America is... Slavery. Yes, that. But... Slavery. Okay. It's hard to win the moral high ground with that. You have
8: potential. One day, you'll sit on the floor like educated people and it won't be dirty because you'll learn to take off your filthy shoes and learn that bowing is so much less disgusting than pressing hands together and shaking them for reasons that elude me. You are very... are all Japanese like you. No one is like me. Most of my friends back home don't like me. They said that hey, I'm Hey!
7: Annoying
8: lady.
5: Yes?
7: We found some papers in the back. You want them? Are
5: they in regards to filing for What do I
7: look like? Helpful? <laughs> Here. Did
1: you just throw
5: the papers on We're the floor? Hello! Hey, look! Such fascinating local customs. It's rudeness, not a custom. I've
8: found rudeness to be a common custom in this. Dark continent. Fair. I should go. I need to eat. Luckily, I brought my rice from home because this sad land lacks such a wonderful grain. We
5: have rice. Uh, You
8: have little white bits, but they are not rice. We should meet again. I'm interested in your foolish little quest to become a tribal leader. I'm staying at the little house on 57th Street and 5th Avenue.
5: That's the Vanderbilt Mansion. Is that those people?
8: I just claimed it as my base of operation. It's not then serious, you know? As a colonialist, I need suitable lodgings for my studies and that have proved adequate. Ah, uh, but people already live there? They are happy to share and open their home to a superior culture. It's they who are really benefiting. I am a great person. Yes.
5: Yes, I am. Fine, fine. So, when do you finish studying us?
8: Not till after the fear of past and future. I am to teach you all the art of Sumie. It will raise up your non-volcanic island land to an almost respectable level. Sayonara. Goodbye, I guess.
5: I'm glad this mischigas is over. Now let's see about these forms.
1: And as Shandel tried to figure out the intricacies of filing for a political office, we move on to another office. I'm really on my segue game this chapter. Anyway, this office was the office of the other member of the women's entrepreneur group, Madeline Ellesmere, the Fudge Baroness. Her office was a riot of fudge-themed objects. Fudge-colored walls, a muddy brown as far as the eye could see. Currently, Madeline was dealing with a less-than-pleasant guest.
9: Tell your boss I'll never sell.
6: Mrs. Elmsmere, if you check the offer Stuff packet... Stuff your packet! Well, I did. With an offer. See? Right there.
1: <laughs> the man smiled, though there was no real joy in it. This was Cato Beach, the right-hand man to Flavius Flavors, the Confection Baron. Cato was tall and lean. His clothes were perfectly neat, but slightly out of fashion. His dark eyes sparkled. Born a slave, he'd worked his way up the ranks of society to his current position.
9: Your corporation doesn't understand fudge. Fudge is a women's food. It's a long tradition at Smith and Bryn Mawr to cook fudge over the gas lamps. I took that treat, and I turned it into a business. But only a girl of breeding and collegiate acumen has fudge in her blood.
6: That doesn't sound healthy.
9: Not literally. Oh, I know. They aren't actually black. Oh. Uh, Not that.
6: Huh. You. What?
9: I, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't care that you are. Rather. Oh,
6: well, whatever do you mean?
9: I supported the 16th Amendment. Gave you all the vote. Abolition. I'm for that. I voted Republican since Grant. you like Grant?
6: Oh, I think you'll find Onesimus Corporation would be a good steward in regards to fudge.
9: Please. I've seen what you did to Crumbly's Cookies and the Malted Milk Brothers.
2: Madeline? The door was... Oh. Who are you?
6: Cato Beach. Onesimus Sweets Corporation.
9: A toady for a slick corporate magnate.
6: Oh, You paint me malevolently. I am but a humble employee. Legatus non caeditor neque violator. Hmm? What? Latin.
9: Euphemistically translated as, don't shoot the messenger. I'll shoot whatever I like.
6: Uh, You do have that bow and quiver prominently displayed.
9: It's just for show. Twas my late husband's. He was shot with it. By me. Ruled an accident. But I don't plan to use it on you.
6: Yet. And with that, I go. (laughs) Ladies...
9: Damn corporation. These businesses are like squids grabbing all they can in their greasy tendrils. Actually, squids are not greasy. They're- Why must our every meeting devolve in discussions of the viscosity of animalia? Eh, well, i more partial to flora.
1: And just brushed some hair from her milky white right eye with her artificial left hand. Both body parts lost to dangerous vegetation. But as we know, she was a true lover of plants. And I do mean lover. But let us continue.
9: I do not mean to snipe. I put up a strong front, but I will probably fold. No, fudge is your life. Fudge was my life. But Onesimus' latest line of bonbons has already taken the lion's share of space in penny candy shops across the city. Also, bakeries? They've introduced a new cookie chocolate chunk. They sell both candies and cookies? Is that legal? A molasses
2: monopoly. Legal as an eagle. The most legal bird. Ugh, oh, I know. Eugene helped push the Legalize Eagles to be Legal Eagles Eagle Act through the legislature.
9: In any event, it seems businesses can sell as much of whatever they want.
2: But our group... There can't be a group of female entrepreneurs by myself. That'd be like Jim Frome, who runs the Popular People Club. Everyone hates him and his one-man club. Fine. I won't sell.
9: On a completely different unsuspicious note, I want a trip to a secluded cabin upstate. I leave tonight. Did you enter a contest? I don't think so, but But I must have, right?
2: Congratulations, I guess.
1: Now let's talk business. And so they did. Madeline then went on that vacation and was never heard from again. And upon looking over the contract for the free vacation, her lawyer noticed an odd clause. It said if she were to disappear mysteriously on said vacation, her company would be put to auction and it was quickly bought by the Onesimus Sweets Corporation. But that's the future. Let us return to the past, which is our story's present. Eugene and the French Fries, which after many hours, he'd finally purchased. Oh, hot
3: dilly. Ow, these are piping hot. I can't wait to eat them. Oh, But hot, ow, hot, ow, thingies. I just walk around and the breeze in my quick gate will cool them. There. Oh, nice pace, Eugene. Steady, steady breeze. Oh, an alley. The shade there will drop these potatoes core temp. <sighs> they look quite cold. Now, to just
1: slowly. Just as Eugene was about to pluck a golden fry from its carton, a hand appeared from the dark corner of the alley and slapped the fries from his hand. My fries!
7: Mourn them not. I've saved your life. For you see, those fries were Frenched by the devil.
0: The Land Whale Murders is a Roy Gold production. It was written by Jonathan A. Goldberg with music by Matt Roy Berger. It was directed by James Oliva and mixed by Martin D. Fowler. Editing help by Hannah Fairchild. To learn more about the show, visit LandWellPod.com. But don't type in ManPaleBod.com because, oh boy, there's not enough eye bleach in the world. Yipes! So pallid. So, so pallid. Anyway, stay sticky and always toffee toward pudding.
2: Mm. I mean, the least she could have given us was boots, or a purse, a belt. Ew, 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 they're bloody, ew. least
3: she could have done was some gator-skin boots.